back for part two. Um, I, I think I was talking about the uh, the effects that the full moon has on the tides of men. <clears throat> I can say that I think that the full moon does make people go a little bit crazy. Um, there were several times when I would come to work and I would see the full moon and think to myself, you know what, people are going to be a little bit more agitated today than they previously were. Um, a lot of people that were at the psych hospital, you know, one of the ways I would define mental illness is that some of the people there were just more emotionally uh, volatile than, you know, other people were. Um, any typical person, you know, myself included, you can come up and get in my face and start yelling at me and have all kinds of problems with me. Um, and I'd probably be able to weather it to some degree and say, okay, let's figure this out. It probably wouldn't really get me going. Um, but these people had a short fuse, so the slightest little thing could just set them off and put them into a, you know, anger or depression or just, yeah, they had these extreme emotions. Um, also very interesting to talk to. I mean, these people were not boring in any, by any sense. These people would make me look extremely boring, extremely square. And, um... They were pretty, a lot of them were very cool to hang out with, and I enjoyed the, the chance of serving. But the full moon was something where um, one of the nurses that worked there at the hospital, her job was to go out in, into the community and basically um, write the 5150 holds. And she would always, whenever there was a full moon, she would always kind of say, hey, tonight is particularly crazy. A lot of she would go to the different ERs, the different hospitals, to assess whether or not the patients should be put on 5150 hold. And if they were deemed to be a danger to themselves or others, then they would be stamped as a 5150 and have a 72-hour hold where they'd have to go to the psych hospital, as I explained earlier. She would indicate that hey, tonight is particularly bad. There's all kinds of people at all kinds of hospitals. The ERs are just full of people. There's plenty of. Uh, psych patients that I've been bringing into the hospital, we'd get all kinds of admissions. The the existing patients there at the hospital would be going bonkers. And there was just this sort of collective um, agitation in the air. You know, it was, it was as if <clears throat> um, somebody had just angered everyone and the patients would get set off and somebody would say something and somebody would say something else and... You know, it would just turn into this whole uh, thing. Um, there was this book that I read, and it was saying that the theory as to why people would kind of lose it a little bit when there was a full moon was because um, somehow the Earth's uh, magnetic, well, the Earth's magnetic um, field, which is what affects compasses, the Earth's magnetic field would be affected by the moon's uh, gravity, and as the moon came a little bit closer to the Earth, there would be more of a gravitational pull from the moon, which would affect the, uh, you know, the magnetic field of the Earth, and the magnetic field of the Earth being affected would slightly affect the brain waves, chemistry of people, and make them slightly more agitated. So it just kind of changed things a little bit um, at the time of the full moon. And again, that's a really loose theory. But time and again, if you look at uh, history, there's there's been a lot of instances of people talking about you know the full moon, the 
effects that it has. Uh, I never really experienced any much of an effect myself, but as I said, I fortunately have not had to deal with any uh, mental health issues myself. Um, there was a couple other interesting stories. <clears throat> there was um, once in which um, this one patient, um, Lisa, I've changed her name to protect her privacy, but she became uh, overly obsessed with me, and <laughs> they had to move me off the unit. I remember I she would she would come up and talk to me and then she would try to hug me and I would say you know you can't hug me we can't touch um, you know patients can't touch the staff you know and she'd be really disappointed and she'd just kind of follow me around like a little puppy dog and look at me and talk to me and ask me questions and then try to figure out what my name was and look at my last name and memorize my last name and she said she was going to find me and oh man she I remember looking at her and she was she had this like hoodie on and she was smoking a cigarette and she was younger. She was like 22 or 23. And she was sweet, but she was just a little bit... Um, I mean, she she just had so much emotion with her parents. And she would get into these fights with her parents. And then she'd try to kill herself. And then she didn't kill herself. And then she'd come to the psych hospital. And then she'd be there for a while. And then she'd start talking to me. And um, I would go into the nursing station. And they had windows out of the nursing station so the nurses could see out and in the unit and see what was going on in the particular ward and um, she would stand there and just look in the windows like you know with her hands up like she was like I was a you know in a, in a puppy in a puppy dog store or something like she would just stand there and wait for me and then follow me around and then um, so one day I came to the unit and you know the nurse says to me Carl we, we can't you can't work here today, and I'm like, you know, I go, well, why can't I work here today? And I said, well, there's nothing you did wrong, but uh, this one patient, uh, she's obsessed with you, and she took chalk, and she wrote your name, like, uh, 50 times all over the sidewalks, and she wrote, like, all these letters saying how much uh, she loves you, so I think it's just better if you were not working here, and you know, I remember a friend of mine was kind of like, yeah, this happened to me too. Uh, this one woman uh, who came here as a patient um, left the hospital and then was claiming that I had gotten her pregnant and that she needed to be here so we could get married because we're going to raise our child together. And she kept, she kept coming to the hospital looking for him. So ultimately the hospital had to get a restraining order against this, this particular woman because she was just so obsessed with this, uh, this guy. So, <coughs> you know, when you're in that position, you're kind of like a... You're several different things. You wear several different hats. You're you're kind of a security guard. You're kind of a therapist. Um, you're kind of a doctor. You offer some advice. Um, you're kind of a nurse. You're kind of like a server at a restaurant. You're giving people meals and food to eat. Um, you you wear these like different hats, and and one of them is is almost. Like, I mean, you're, it's a very high profile job, so you can't come there with forty patients on the unit and walk around and expect that you're not going to be noticed. People are going to notice you. People are going to comment about you. People are going to like you or dislike you. People are going to talk to you. People are going to form theories about you. You know, I would, 
you know, there'd be these groups of these women and they would all be talking about me for whatever reason. And, um, you know, it, it's a very high profile job. And I think that some people didn't do well with that. I did well with that. I was fine with that. I, I don't have any problem with people, you know, talking about me, good or bad. It really, it, it doesn't really affect me either way. Um, but I think that was, that was something that some people couldn't really deal with. You know, it's not, it's, it's was never the job where you could just slip in and be forgotten about, you know, you were, you were a performer, you know, you were doing a job and people were, were going to, um, definitely notice you and you were in some senses the entertainment because there wasn't a whole lot of stimulation there, which was part of the program it was part of the deal was, you know, um, increased structure and decreased stim stimulation. That's what one of the nurses there used to say, you know, that's how we, that's how we gain control of the milieu. We decreased stimulation and increased structure, you know. Um, so that's kind of what it was. It was a boring place. It was a place to just sort of get your mind set, but there wasn't a whole lot going on. So when a new guy would come on the unit and start working, it's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And, you know, maybe uh, you had a story about what was going on in the outside world and you could kind of tell them. And um, So ultimately, it, it was a very good feeling to sort of be a, I don't want to say a life coach because I wasn't specifically telling people how they had to live or not live their life, but um, you know, I to some degree I had things together. Um, I had a steady job, you know. Um, I, I was in a lot better position in life than than a lot of these people were, um, obviously because they were there in the psych hospital. So it, it was definitely a, a very um, rough time for them. Um, but being there and, and being of sound mind and being able to help them with a lot of their things and kind of navigate their way through this whole experience, which, which could be very uh, scary if, if there was no one there to talk to, was, was really a great feeling, you know. Um, and that's one of the things that I miss most. I remember this one uh, woman came in. She was a nurse. She was an ER nurse. Uh, we also got a lot of doctors in there, some lawyers, sometimes students. Um, let me say something that caused these people to sort of snap and, and go mentally ill. Um, you know, these people weren't like homeless on the street doing drugs, losing their minds. These were people in our communities, in our society, who worked very hard and for whatever reason were not getting enough sleep. Not getting good sleep, not getting any sleep, pulling all-nighters, that is certainly something that will cause you to snap, to have a mental breakdown, to have a psychotic episode. So some of these people were in law school, medical school, they were doctors, they were nurses, they were working themselves to death. They weren't taking care of themselves. I used to tell that to people all the time. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. Oh, well, I have my kids, and I have my mom, and I have my husband, and I have my dogs, and they all need me, da da da, da. And I said, well, that's fine, but you're not taking care of yourself. And a lot of the ways they weren't taking care of themselves, obviously, was not sleeping adequately, and not sleeping will certainly cause, uh, you know, mental illness. Um, so that was a lot of it. Sometimes it was, you know, they would take stimulants, coke, or meth, um, and they would go on these two- or three-day binges when they weren't, because they were on these stimulus, these drugs, they weren't sleeping. And so it wasn't so much the drugs that made them go crazy, but it was the fact that they were on these drugs and not sleeping. I'm going to remember this one nurse. I mean, she was just very hardworking, and she wasn't really taking care of herself enough. And 
she came in and she was she was having a psychotic episode and she was speaking and it wasn't making any sense and she was speaking these weird languages and she was totally confused and and uh, I remember she would come up to me and she was crying and um, I was this sort of st strong man and uh, I just kind of talked to her and listened to her and said everything's going to be alright and you're going to be okay and this is how everything works and you'll get better and she did get better and two days later she got better and she said hey I'm feeling fine I'm feeling great and I really uh, appreciate you being there for me and helping me out and helping me navigate through this whole thing and uh, she gave me a hug and I kind of brushed off. I was like, I can't hug you, you know, but, um, it was, it was a great feeling to see her. And then she went back out, most likely did her job, probably took a little more time for herself, probably spent a little more time relaxing or sleeping. Um, I would guess. And, um, she went on her way and that was, that was a, a success story, you know, and, and then there's a lot of people there that have been there 50 times you know they've been in there they'll come in for a week and 50 times they, they go in they go out uh, they go back to their parents they fight with their mom they fight with their boyfriend fight with whoever and then they come back and it's just like this ongoing thing it's kind of like something that they do like they they go to a psych hospital like some people go shopping some people go on a vacation uh some people just hang around the house some people go to the psych hospital it's like what they like to do um yeah Every hospital has their frequent flyers, you know, whether you're, it doesn't matter what kind of hospital you are, you're going to have your frequent flyers that, that just love it. They keep coming back and just can't get enough of it. Um, but um, saving lives was also something that was another part of service that I really enjoyed that I don't really, I'm not going to really be doing that in my current line of work with trucking. Um, I'm not going to, I don't think there's going to be a time where I'm going to directly save someone's life but you know there was a time when there was a guy and uh yeah I, I saved several lives I saved this one guy's life you know he tried to choke himself out with the he made a, a rope out of a sheet and tried to kill himself and I pulled the sheet off and I said what are you doing and I brought him out and Another woman had a seizure, and I put her on her side and got her breathing again. And there was another woman that was having an asphyxiation and aspiration. She was choking on her own vomit. I rolled her head to a side and, you know, absolutely 100% saved her life. There was no doubt about it. She would have been dead if I didn't hadn't helped her. So, that I mean, saving lives is, is, a, is, is pretty cool. And I apologize if I previously mentioned that in the last episode. I can't remember if I talked about that or not. Um, but ultimately, the job got to a point where it was very risky. There was a lot of danger. Um, I had been punched in the face three times. There's a danger people could stab your eye out. There's a danger, just a physical danger to the job <clears throat> where, you know, no matter how good you are at it, there there is that chance or... You know, there's also the danger of lawsuits. You know, somebody's in the psych hospital and then they don't rem really remember what happened, but then all of a sudden, you know, they decide to sue the hospital and your name is mentioned and all their nurses' are, names are mentioned and, you know, they want a settlement. And so there's a sort of, like, legal risk. Uh, thankfully, no one ever accused me of anything. But there were a lot of very strange, false accusations. I mean, just absurd accusations that came to other employees you know uh, somebody 
uh, beat me up, somebody choked me out, somebody raped me, you know, just, just absolute false. And um, a lot of sense you say, well, these people are mentally ill, they're nuts, they're in a psych hospital, but, you know, the, the psych patients in California have more rights than any psych patient anywhere in the world. Um, and so even though they are mentally ill, it's still dealt with um, in a, an appropriate manner. So this whole process that, you know, everyone has to go through. And I would, it wasn't that big of a deal. Usually the, the charge nurse would interview the person who had had the accusation launched again. Hey, did you rape this patient? No, I didn't rape them. Okay. And that was kind of the end of it. Um, but there's that. And so, you know, just those sort of dangerous aspects of the job. Um, you'd think that we were paid really well for being really good at what we did and, and for being good employees, but we weren't. I was paid slightly over minimum wage. Um, and as I kind of got older, I was like, well, I've spent a lot of time doing this. The pay is garbage. And, um, you know, it's just kind of not worth the risk. And so ultimately I decided that three years was enough. It was time to move on, and, and I, I don't regret that decision at all. Um I do miss going in there. I do miss serving people. I do, you know, it was it was good times. They used to call me Superman. If you've ever been a patient there, you you remember Superman, I'm sure. But um you know, if I could go back and just do it once in a while, day here, day there, I would do it. I really would. Um just even not for the money, you know. It was just it was one of those jobs where you, you're not doing it for the money, but you're doing it because you're good at it and it's really helping people. But, um, you know, ultimately that was kind of the forum. That job gave me a lot of time and free time to sort of dream and strategize and plan, which I'm constantly doing. I'm always dreaming. I'm always strategizing. And that was what gave me the, uh, the, the kind of, that was, that was what led to me starting my, my first company, which was city connect airport shuttle. Um, I'll talk about that in another episode, but, you know, suffice to say, um, I am really happy that you're here listening to this podcast, wherever you are, whoever you are. And again, please connect with me on Instagram. You can see uh, Prince Carl is my Instagram name, at underscore Prince underscore Carl. Um, follow me. Hit me up. I'm excited to hear some of the comments. Um, the so far, I've been tracking uh, this podcast that I put out, episode one, and I'm humbled, amazed, inspired, and excited to see uh, the reception that it's getting. Um, definitely creating something here. And I think the most fun is just seeing how people respond and react to it. Um, and uh, I've got a, a lot of guests lined up that, um, you know, we're going to be doing some podcasting fast and furious. A lot of guests are lined up that I'm going to get. Um, I'm going to be hitting the road here in a few months and, uh, you know, there, there, there's certainly a lot more to come. This is just the beginning and I love doing this. And, uh, again, I thank you for listening. And if you're so inclined, there is a YouTube video that accompanies this, which is basically the video of the audio that you're listening to so if you're so inclined and you want to see my uh my beautiful background that i'm you know hanging out here in redlands california but you know please listen on youtube and if you're listening on youtube go over to the podcast it's on spotify apple um itunes pretty much every uh podcast episode 
and um, you can you can listen to it there. I'm so excited for the future, and I'll see you on the next episode.